When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the Jeremy Paul Show with your hosts, Mark Stafford and Jeremy Paul. Jeremy Paul Show. Oh, it's with great happiness and a tinge of sadness that this will be the last time we talk to Jeremy Paul this year, but we'll line him up for next year. Don't worry about that. But providing, of course, that Jeremy Paul's prepared to commit to that. I think he enjoys it. JP, you all... Next year, you're lining up. Lock it in, Eddie. I'm there, bro. Nah, there it is. There it is. Didn't even. <laughs> no, Jeremy, stop, stop, stop. We had a sweepstake on the show. How long it would take for you to say, bro? Oh, really? Yeah, I love bro. Three point two seconds. Oh, there you go. That's, oh, look, that's, that's that's another time for another thing too. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Oh, festivities. But uh, we've had so much fun with you this year, buddy. And I know you, you put it on speakerphone sometimes and your kids and your wife listen to the Jeremy Paul show theme. It's a good time for the week. It always puts a smile on my face. Me too, my man. <laughs> you got the conscience. You got the conscience. Oh, no, I love listening. My, my 13-year-old, Dolores, she's hilarious. Like she, I play it like when we've got the little jingle going. Never get sick of that. And... Um, she like just you know that scolding look that a teenager gives like like shut up dad like you know that sort of stuff. I just love rubbing it in. But anyway, <laughs> um, no, nah, it's been a great year, man. And what a year in sport! What a year! Oh, I know. I'm going to get you a moment of the of the year and stuff like that. And I do invite. We've had about five questions through so far, so text them through double eight double three. Anything you like to JP. We've got him here for about twenty minutes. Um, but but a little bit of rugby chat for a start. Since we last spoke, Eddie Jones gone, Wayne Pivac gone. Things are moving in the coaching world, mate. They had to, right? You you got to make a decision very very quickly coming up to the Rugby World Cup. I I, I thought he might have um, hung on, but my experiences with Eddie and he's an amazing coach and incredible incredible guy. Um, but when he, when you, it's like all coaches, when you go through these challenging times, um, Eddie has in the past uh, tends to micromanage, tends to go over the top a bit. And we saw there was a few injuries. There wasn't that connection between clubland as well. Um, you need a, uh, an excellent rapport and relationship with the clubs, uh, particularly now that it's, it's a privatized um, competition. Mm. And they, brought in someone which said no and they made look I think it's actually a good decision because what also brings change is it brings change within players attitudes and uh, everyone resets right like you're not one of Eddie's favourites or you're not seemed as where Eddie might think you're a good player whereas a new coach might come in so it adds a little bit more um, I suppose, ambition towards getting your position. And so I think making that decision now 
going into the autumn tests for like next year, like and all that sort of stuff. Like it's, it's yeah, it's a good move. It is a good move, and actually, it's probably a good time to bring in the first question from Mikey, saying, "For Jeremy Paul, can you please ask him if he was Razor Robinson's manager, what advice would you be giving him now?" Mate, there's no one on the planet that should be giving advice to Razor Robinson. He knows exactly what he's doing. Um, it's, it's, mate. There's no difference to what he needs to do. Like it, because that's you can only control the controllables. That's all you can control, and all he can control is continually winning Super Rugby. I said three years ago, I wrote an article in the New Zealand Rugby News about how Australia should have actually gone after Razor. I said, look, if New Zealand aren't going to take him, he's the best coach in the world. Um, but also everyone's got to understand the All Blacks have a system, which is a very good system. You come through the All Black coaching ranks and um, th- there is a little difference between Super Rugby and the international system. So, And it's, it's a system that has worked. And of course, look, uh, people have caught up. Like People have caught up around the world. And you know, what we're sort of seeing, like, particularly like with Ireland, for example, right, they've gone, it's, it's not just about the plane in terms of the national team, it's just a structure within it to identify talent. Um, and they've got a centralised system, which the All Blacks in New Zealand rugby have been using for 100 years, right? It starts from the top, goes all the way down to the bottom. And there's a pathway, there's a genuine pathway. Um, but then you're also going to have freakish coaches like Razor Robinson, who aren't getting their opportunity to be the All Blacks coach because that's the system they created. So, look, the the thing that Razor needs to continually do is just what he's doing, mate, like keep winning and he'll get his – look, he will get his opportunity. I think they'll go all the way with Foster to the World Cup this year um, and I think Razor will come in after that, after the 23 World Cup. So I think he's got a year to go. Dave Rennie safe at the moment? Absolutely. Look, I was actually at our Players Association lunch on Wednesday. Had a bit of a midweeker. Ooh, still feeling it. Um, <laughs> but caught up with all the old boys, Matty Rogers, uh, Billy Young, Justin Harrison, Todai Kefu. He's actually really excited about 2023. Had a good chat to him about how Tonga are looking. And um, it's just so good to have all his players. But coming from all parts of the world, it's just incredibly difficult to, to galvanise. But if they can have a couple of wins in the World Cup, like in the pool games, and get through to the quarters, a little bit like how Samoa did it in the Rugby League World Cup, got smacked by England by 60 points in the first round. And as they started to build that camaraderie in combinations, they beat them in the uh, semi-final to make you know, the final against the Kangaroos. So, um, yeah, it was good to catch up with all, with all the old boys and, um, you know, sort of see and see what they're doing and how we're sort of looking. But, um, yeah, it was made, still feeling a bit dusty. <laughs> we had um, Georgina Robinson on. She's the lead uh, writer for the yeah. Sydney Morning Hello, Herald. Georgina. She's fantastic. Yeah. And she sort of intimated that there was, with so many injuries in this Dave Rennie team, and she said Australian rugby had to take some account because they, they stripped away some resource for them to save some money during the COVID times, and they took away strength and conditioning, and they were getting provincial guys just to come in and go out, and then another one would come in and go out. Um, is there, As a former player yourself, and I was thinking, so this is where I need your help, if I if you've got a program from your strength and conditioning coach and then he goes and, and another one comes in and he probably gives you a slightly different program, is, does, does that argument hold water with you? 
Mate, it, it absolutely it does because it changes every year. Like I, I actually like looking over my 11, 12 years of well, fifteen years in the system with junior, like sort of under nineteens and twenty ones. It was quite funny. Like with strength and conditioning, it would always do like this four to five year circle where you were doing one year you were running one point two kilometer time trials, and it was all in the weights. It was all about like. Um, doing your core ex like bench squatting all this sort of stuff second year it was no no it's 800s this year no no that's the key figure no and then the next year it was 400s then it was interval training and then five years later it would go back to 1.2 kilometer time trial so <laughs> mate, it's a forever well because because obviously with sports science and the body and but now they've got the gps trackers as well so they've actually got a little bit of extra data around how much the workloads are and strength and conditioning, particularly when you start seeing repetitive injuries. Like I think we had a few Achilles injuries this year, but sometimes you just get goddamn bad luck. Like, you know, we've seen, I think we saw three players with bad, with ACL injuries this year. Now that's, that's so rare. Like you never see major injuries like that. Um, you, you're always concerned when you see soft tissue injuries, like, cause that's normally an indication of too heavy a workloads, like your hammies, strains in your calves and, and quads. But, um, you know, from, from strength and conditioning for me, um, Yes, it plays a major part, but it's also the scheduling, bro. Like you've you've got to like the scheduling in rugby is incredibly difficult for strength and conditioning coaches. AFL, NRL have it have the perfect season. They finish in October. They have November, December, January, start in February. You get three months. See, when we used to go, like when there would be a European tour, and I used to take three months off. Like for example, might have an injury. That's three months, that 12 weeks of just like doing weights five days a week, five, six, um, doing some extra cardio, but just being able to like not train um, like rugby training or play games was a three month block actually resurrected my career every single time I did it. And that's where we needed to look at like this European tour where we could hold guys. Like I think they did last year. Remember with Harry Wilson, they kept him back for 12 weeks because that, that, that time period is critical for players um, strength and, and, and um, conditioning, um, I suppose, base. Cause as you play, the more games you play, your strength goes down. I think it's up to about 30% over mm. a season. Mm. So w- w- our scheduling is just, it, it's not conducive to, to produce longevity within the sport and will increase with injuries over time. Um, we've had a text message, which sort of related to something you mentioned before. You said the world is caught up. He's saying the world is caught up because we taught them how with Graham Henry, Steve Hansen, Warren Gatlin, Joe Schmidt, John Mitchell, and now we're going to hit have them let them have razor what say you jeremy <laughs> uh, well that's 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 the issue of having a plethora of riches right like having having so much talent um and particularly in the coaching stuff because you, you have to rewind maybe only as far maybe a decade ago where it was all about your national coach being your national um, being someone from that country. But now with professionalism and what we've seen is why wouldn't you go to the best? Like, why wouldn't you go to New Zealand and just take their coaches like, and offer them? And, and it's also offering them a, um, an opportunity. Like Scotland, like we saw Scotland with New Zealand coaches. We saw, obviously, um, you know, other countries around the world, like Ireland with Josh, Josh Met. 
it, it, it's it's a natural progression of professional sport. Like it's it, you can't. It was never gonna. It was never gonna end up any other way. It always had to go this way because, it, again, you look at the the greatest game in the world, most popular game in soccer, and it's very similar to a national international presence like like rugby union, right? Like obviously soccer got more countries, but rugby union now have like this amazing amazing participation rate around the world in terms of international rugby like we saw portugal portugal get into the world cup that's amazing man um and we've seen that the the absolute like progression japan under the joe jamie joseph's tony brown era eddie jones it's it's not going to change guys like it's going to actually only going to get worse because the opportunities are going to now open up more for the best coaches Mm. And that is, that's arguably in New Zealand. <clears throat> we'll have some rapid fire questions at the end, but I'm interested yep. for you, um, the sporting moment of the year for you, Jeremy Paul. Mate, look, I, I, I put it down to four, right? Like I've got my top four. Right. Um, and look, I, I think, I, 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 look, uh, <laughs> number four is the New Zealand fans, right? Like is, is winning the, winning the rugby world cup, Beating England, oh my God, in New Zealand. But I, I actually said to the, to the editor of the New Zealand Rugby News, like before it started, I said, I think it's New Zealand's to lose. He said, oh, no way, man, not against England. Um, red hot favourites. I said, no, it, it, I tell you what, you grow an extra arm and leg like when you when they play in New Zealand and it's incredibly difficult to to win there. And oh, I just think for women's rugby, it just, it just it's elevated it again, right, bro? So I, I put that in at number four mm. um, and close number four. These are all very close. Um, I thought England's T20 win to come down to Australia. Oh, and to now be the one day, the white ball kings of the world. Mm. Like it's, um, you know, the 50 over game and then to win the T20, they just... Oh, to beat India, um, you know, it, that in itself in the semi-final was huge. And then Pakistan, mate, it was oh, – I, that was huge, monumental. And then number two, the Socceroos. Like, I'm sorry, but to win – we went into that tournament out of 17 games, only had won two. <laughs> like, yeah. Only had won two games in six appearances. So it, it just snuck into number two only because um, they did – it wasn't a fact that we'd love to have seen them get to the quarters, but I think they completely overachieved. But to have won two games and kept two clean sheets in the history of, of, of Australia's soccer was, was incredible. But number one, I know that the, I know people are going to be listening to this and saying boo, but it has to be Ireland's win in New Zealand, their first test series. Like, mm. I'm sorry, but to get to 100 years, like, let's not forget back in, I think it was in Chicago when they won their very first game yep. against the All Blacks. First game, like, in 100 years. But to go down to New Zealand, because having played in New Zealand so many times, it is the pinnacle of any rugby player's career is to beat New Zealand, is beat the All Blacks in New Zealand. Look, I, I was lucky enough to, to do it a few times um, during my career for Bledisloe Cup wins, and it still is held as arguably in my top achievements in, in my rugby career. And I think that's that's actually a credit to New Zealand and the All Blacks and, and just how much it means to rugby players around the world. So, for, And particularly coming back after one nil down, like they look shot. Mm. But those next two games, Test 2 and 3, just showed. And how much it meant players were crying, um, management. 
I just think, look, as a heartwarming story and, and also as an achievement, when we talk about the history, I just can't go past that Island Test Series win in, in, uh, against the All Blacks. Uh, Christmas wish. You get one Christmas wish this year for a sporting thing to happen next year in 2023. What's your one Christmas wish? Wallabies win the 2023 Rugby World Cup. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There, there it is. There it is. All right, some rapid fires. Some rapid fires. Um, one's a comment, not a question, but it's from your old mate Ken, and he says, Jeremy, have a great Christmas and New Year, and looking forward to hearing from you next season. Go the Blues. You too, bro. Yeah. Uh, for Jeremy, when discussing mathematics, do you say math... Or maths? Math. Same. Thank you. JP, if you were invited to a Tiger Woods Christmas party, would you want it to be this year or would you want it to be 20 years ago? That is the most stupidest question I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> please. Mate, 20, mate, are you kidding me, man? <laughs> I was the Tiger Woods of the rugby world. <laughs> God. Do we just finish it there, Sammy? Oh. <laughs> Statement of all statements. That is brilliant. Uh, Jeremy Paul, without your biased Wallabies eye patch, who will play the final of the Rugby World Cup? Oh, God. Uh, you got to have French, I think. French and New Zealand? Like, if I wasn't wearing an eye patch. Are they on the same side? I think they uh, can only play a semi, I think. Uh, oh. Yeah, they're all like I think on one side of the draw is the All Blacks and Ireland and France and South Africa, and the other side is Australia and England. I think I'm right in saying that. I'm hoping Sammy's scrolling through finding that. You'd almost have to say it's going to be the first all Northern Hemisphere final, then, right? Mm. Like, yeah, I just look, it's France's to lose, but look, the All Blacks can get there by far. Like, if they they get their combinations right this year. Um, or next year, next season, if they get those, particularly in the midfield, um, I think that's where they just got to shore that up. And it's going to be a big, 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 big decision. I think the big decision on next year will be Papa Lee or Sam Game. Mm. Like I think, um, yeah, that's going to be the big decision because um, that kid Papa Lee, man, he's just having been there before with George Smith and ex-players that were there that were the incumbents and but look Sam Kane's an absolute legend look I, he'll fight for this he's the all-black captain and it's only going to make Papa Lee better and maybe he might come off the bench um, because in those real hard moments and hard times you want people like Sam Kane in your team so I think um, yeah there's a few combinations there back row they've still been they've still been looking for that six right like Frizzell's been there Ione's been there I think that's the key position for them too, getting that balance. They're tight five. They've changed the props a few times, but they've got two great hookers. Um, so either one of them can play. Um, Richard Moronga, Bowden Barrett, 10, 15. So, yeah, I think 12, 13 are going to be your, those sort of combinations and the balance of the back row. One more before we head off, and it's from Josh, and he says, I don't know if you follow the UFC, Jeremy Paul, but if you do, who's your favourite UFC fighter? Oh, jeez. Oh, look, you, you just have to love the 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 artistry and the and the complete ham up of Conor McGregor. Don't you? Like he was just <laughs> he was just John Jones was actually incredible before he got arrested, but um, he, he was an incredible fighter when he used to hold it. Um, but 
yeah, I just you just love the showmanship, right? Like when you think of UFC, you think of Conor McGregor. Like there's some incredible fighters over there, though. Like oh my god, like what a sport! And the irony, right? Like of of where other sports are going with concussion and like over in England now, kids can't head at the ball up to the ages of 12 and the fastest growing sport in the world, UFC. I made this comment six years ago where UFC is the fastest growing sport and it's all about knocking someone out. It's just, yeah, <laughs> the complete hypocrisy of the world is crazy. We've got to scoot off, JP. Really appreciate you today, but more so I wish you and yours, your wonderful, lovely wife that we were lucky enough to meet when you came over to New Zealand. You did a whole show, show with us in the studio, which is just an epic day for us. I absolutely loved it. And our listeners, they love hearing you uh, every week as well. Uh, so officially, uh, a big, big thank you for making yourself available every Friday. Uh, the listeners and me in particular, and Sammy and Captain K, we all really, really appreciate it, buddy. Nah, I love it, bro, and um, I've got to work on that. Nah, I love it, my man. <laughs> so bro. Nah, I love it. Thank you, everyone. Can't Make sure you have a safe and happy Christmas, and uh, yeah, see you all next year. Jeremy Paul, ladies and gentlemen, we'll come back after a short break.